The work you do for your clients feels fulfilling and impactful, but running a business? That feels hard. You're not only in charge of your client work, you're also head of marketing, management, admin, client satisfaction, systems and processes. Yeah, it can feel overwhelming. That's where this podcast comes in. You're listening to The Simple Business Show with me, Nisha Woolery. Each week, we'll discuss simple ways to start, market, and organize your service-based business. My mission? To teach solopreneurs how to simplify their business so they can earn more money by doing less stuff. Let's dive in. Just quickly interrupting the show to let you know about the freebie that comes with this episode. If you know you need to organize your service-based business, but you think you don't have time and you don't even know where to start, don't worry, I've got you. I created a free roadmap called the Roadmap to Organize Your Business, and it maps out the exact 10 areas of your biz that you need to organize ASAP. Step one is an area most solopreneurs overlook, but organize this and you'll not only achieve peace of mind, you'll most likely make more income. To download your free roadmap, go to nishawoolery.com slash roadmap. Hi everyone. I hope you have had an amazing year. It's been a long time since I've recorded a podcast episode, but over the last couple of months, I've really actually missed this podcast because I feel it's my way or my deepest way of connecting with you. So I'm really excited to be back and recording. And I wanted to kick off this season with an episode all about reflecting on my 2021 and ways that you can reflect on yours too, to make sure that before you go jumping into planning the new year and setting new goals, you first stop and pause and take a moment to appreciate how much you've grown, how far you have come, and take note of the lessons that this year has taught you. To be totally honest, this is my second time recording this episode because the first one was quite babbly. I felt like I overshared way too much. So I am going to share in this episode, you know, things from my personal life and my business behind the scenes. I'm going to be sharing the wins and the challenges and the lessons that I've learned. But hopefully I will (laughs) be more concise in this episode in this recording, sorry, than I was the first time I recorded this. I don't know about you guys, but I have a tendency to compare my year to others when I get to this time of the year and to think that I should have done this or to berate myself because I didn't do that and to kind of you know, put myself down a little bit because I didn't perhaps grow as well as I'd hoped in certain areas of my life. But what good does that do? I'll tell you what we did all do this year, regardless of who we are. We all did the best that we could. And one reason I really enjoy doing these end of year reviews is to remind myself of how well I did grow even if it was in ways I hadn't expected or ways I didn't add to my vision board at the start of the year. Personal growth is 
important to me. It's a really big value for me. And there's no way that we can really recognize our growth if we don't stop to reflect on it and to reflect on where we were compared to where we are now. And you know what? If there is a way that you feel you didn't grow or a goal that you feel you didn't achieve, or you're feeling a bit sad or gutted about your progress, I want you to just take that as a sign of what matters to you and what you possibly have neglected or simply just haven't made a priority or felt the need to make a priority. At this time of year, I think not only can many of us look back at what we didn't do and feel disappointed, but we may also look at what other people have done and feel jealousy. And I want you, if that's the way that you do feel, to use those as a sign of what matters to you. Matters maybe more than you realised. And that way, you can turn those things into goals for the following year or things that you would like to incorporate more into your own life the following year. Now, with all of that said, I'm going to go and jump into my review of 2021. And if you have a journal at hand, maybe as I go through my review, you may want to create your own. You may want to um, journal on a couple of the questions that I'm going to be providing you with to reflect on your year. So I want to begin with the challenges that I faced this year. And the prompt that I would give you is to simply ask yourself, what felt challenging this year? For me, my biggest challenge was being or struggling with OCD. If you're on my email list, then you may have heard a tiny bit about this, but it's not something that I have spoken about publicly on social media because it's been a very real-time struggle for me throughout the entire year in fact, to be honest, throughout the last decade of my life. And I didn't actually realise that I had OCD until this year. I have always struggled with OCD. I just didn't know that's what it was. But it reached a point this year where it got pretty bad and I ended up going to an OCD specialist because I started to suspect that that was potentially what this could be. And it was beginning to have a big impact on my life and take days away from me. There were literally days where I couldn't really do much or didn't really feel like I could do much than simply sit on the sofa and watch Netflix. And so I went to an OCD specialist thinking maybe this could be what I have, but honestly doubting it. I thought it might just be worth a shot talking to a specialist anyway. And it turns out that she did diagnose me with OCD. At first, I was pretty reluctant to believe that I had OCD, but it turns out that is a hallmark of OCD because most sufferers do not believe that they have it. And after I got past that initial resistance and disbelief, This has actually become one of the best things that has happened to me this year. Even though it's been a challenge dealing with the OCD, the diagnosis and now getting treatment 
has been one of the best things that has happened to me. And I wanted to just really share this with you guys because, well, for starters, I want to try and be transparent with you guys about how my year has gone and my challenges as part of this episode. But I also want to almost raise awareness for what OCD is because most people think that it is just being a bit perfectionistic or a bit a bit too tidy. I'm sure we've all heard someone say, or we've said ourselves, things like, oh, I love to colour coordinate my dresses. I'm so OCD. And that isn't what OCD is. Something like that could be a symptom of one subtype of OCD. But there are a lot of other subtypes as well that have nothing to do with tidiness or perfectionism. To try and explain what OCD is, people with OCD give significance to intrusive thoughts, which can quickly become obsessions. These obsessions then foster doubts, doubts about whether their thoughts are significant, and doubt is the opposite of certainty, right? So the quest to eradicate overwhelming doubt from OCD sufferers' lives is what leads us to engage in repetitive physical or mental behaviours known as compulsions. People with OCD seek certainty, which is why they do the compulsions. The compulsions bring them some sense of certainty and relief from the anxiety that they feel, but the problem is and I say they like I'm not an OCD sufferer, I mean me, but the problem is certainty does not exist. OCD is nicknamed the doubting disorder and certainty is the opposite of doubt, but that doesn't mean that certainty is the antidote to it and that's what I have been having to learn this year. Instead of chasing certainty, which doesn't exist, OCD sufferers have to learn to just sit with our thoughts without doing any compulsions. And the more that we do that, the less loud and urgent and scary the thoughts or fears become. So it's basically about the overimportance of thoughts and the intolerance of uncertainty. Yeah, I'm really passionate about about spreading awareness about this lately because I think that it is such a misunderstood mental illness, even though OCD is in the top 10 most debilitating mental health disorders, according to the World Health Organization. But even though this has been super challenging for me for half of my life, and particularly this year, it has made a lot of sense of my life. It has made sense of why I have struggled um, at times in the past with depression. And yeah, I've just, I've made sense of so many things. OCD has literally been the missing puzzle that has helped me to understand myself a lot more and get real help. The next challenge I faced was not feeling motivated to work. And that did have a lot to do with struggling with OCD. And it also had to do with me feeling out of alignment with my business. 
Because of those two things, I very often this year did not feel motivated to work. I wanted to be outside, walking, hiking, being in nature, or making things with my hands. And when I didn't, I often wanted to just be resting. Another challenge of mine was letting go. I am not typically a person who lets go very easily and I wanted this to be the year that I finally learned that skill of letting go and it has just not simply not been as simple as that and not been as as easy as that. And I already did touch on this very briefly but another challenge of mine was figuring out why my business felt out of alignment. It really just wasn't exciting me anymore and it just didn't feel right to me anymore. And it wasn't until I went away for a few days and I just sort of sat down with my journal and wrote so much each day about this subject, trying to figure it out. And what I learned was my values have evolved and Because of that, my business needed to evolve along with them. Because when your values evolve or when your values change and your business doesn't, there becomes this disconnect. And that is what I found. Certain things just became higher core values for me in life and my business needed to change in order to be in alignment with those values. And now I feel like my brand messaging and my business is in alignment and I just feel so much happier with my business and so much more excited to record these podcast episodes and to create content and do other things like that. I'm still not pressuring myself to do that, you know, every single day or or do that even as much as I used to because at the moment my focus is on my mental health and my OCD and enjoying my life the way that I have been this year. But that is that was one of my challenges was finding alignment in my business and I'm very happy to say that I have found that. Now moving on to the wins from my year and I want you yourself to journal on this question. What were my wins from 2021? And they could be big or small. Please do not discount the small wins because sometimes the small wins are the ones that truly count. It's the tiny baby steps that we take every single day that add up to the biggest, most beautiful change. So for me, I've already touched on it slightly, but one of my biggest wins was being diagnosed with OCD because now that I know what it is that I'm dealing with, I have been able to get real treatment for that. Another win of mine was what I learned from taking months off this year. I really was reminded that I don't have to do as much as I was doing. And in the world of hustle culture, what I was doing wasn't even half of what other entrepreneurs are doing. And yet still, I didn't even have to do all of that. And that has been really eye-opening to me. The fact that, you know, I only recorded this podcast for a few months. I think it was January to March. I took the rest of the year off. And 
it hasn't hurt my business. People have been able to listen to older episodes and I've still earned the same amount of money this year that I did the year before, even though I have taken so, so much time off. So that was a, yeah, an eye-opener to me. And I hope that it is to you as well, because I truly do believe that the majority of us tend to overwork and overcomplicate because we have this belief maybe that work needs to be hard in order for us to make a living, that it has to be quite complicated or else it's just not going to work. And that is simply, it's simply just not the truth. Another win of mine was my new brand messaging and my new podcast name. I kind of mentioned this already, but I've been reworking my business to be more in alignment with who I am now and what my values are now. And that has included new brand messaging that feels so, so much more me. It's included a new website and brand colours and logo that I created myself. And it's also going to be including a brand new podcast name. It hasn't been something that I decided to share in this episode because I wanted to tell you about it before I actually do it. But this podcast is going to be renamed to Rewild. So instead of being called The Simple Business Show, it'll be called Rewild. And I did kind of want to take this opportunity in this episode to tell you a bit about why I've decided to do this. So if you've been on my website, at any point during the last few months, you'll have noticed all of the changes, one of them being my new tagline, which is, I help online service providers work less and earn more so they can live more. Because I don't know about you, but I just don't want to be chained to my laptop for the majority of the best years of my life, no matter how much I love my work. And maybe you can relate. Maybe that's what you found yourself doing, or it's what you feel you have to do to build a profitable online service business. But as someone who has built a six-figure business, working three to four days a week and traveling the world, I know that it's possible to build a profitable business without all of the hustle, 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 and all of the overcomplication. It is possible to have financial abundance and security and to get work fulfillment and also have time for slow mornings, travel adventures, baking, reading, healing, making and living. Life is for living. We work to live. We don't live to work. And that's why it's kind of now become my mission with this business to help you rewild your life and business. In nature, to rewild means to restore an area of land to its natural uncultivated state. And I like to apply the same principle to business owners. Naturally, I don't believe that we are here to hustle our butts off and burn out and work, work, work and just make a ton of money. And I really kind of want us to get back to our natural uncultivated states. And that's why I want to help online service providers to rewild their life and business by giving them the tools to restore their peace, time and spaciousness to create a business that gives them more of those things. 
and to say goodbye to hustle and overwhelm and the constant pursuit of bigger and better. Instead, I kind of want to help you all to say hello to a simpler, more fulfilling life and business. So you will hear more about that soon. I'm sure you'll see or you'll spot the new podcast name and the new um, musical jingle at the start in my next episode. So stay tuned for that. Just quickly interrupting this episode to talk to you about marketing. Marketing can feel overwhelming, I know, especially if you're an introvert, right? And today, with all the social media platforms you think you should be on and all the content you need to create, it's hard to keep up, let alone stay consistent with it. If for you the struggle is very real, I want to help you through my course, Simple Sales School. Learn how to book clients consistently and take your business to regular 5k months using my simple seven-step framework. Just go to nishawallery.com slash simple sales school to learn more. I'll see you inside the course. Okay, another win was I released a new course, I'm sure some of you have noticed, called Simple Sales School. And in doing so, I feel like I learned a lot of valuable lessons and I proved things to myself. Namely, that I can follow through on what I say I'm going to do. In 2020, I noticed that I developed this habit of saying I was going to do something and then never doing it. And I just hated that. I didn't want to be that person. And so launching this course, I think looking back, was primarily a way to show myself that I can do what I say I'm going to do. And another really cool lesson that I learned from launching this course is that something does not need to be perfect for you to release it into the world. Your first version of something will never, ever be the final version. And that is so liberating because it means that we can just create the thing we want to create, do the thing we want to do, and trust that over time, we will improve that thing, we'll make changes, it will evolve. But if we never put it out there in the first place, then there will be nothing to evolve. So I really hope that this point in particular helps any of you who are wanting to do something, wanting to create something. I hope that it gives you the push that you need to drop the perfectionism that you may be feeling around doing that thing and just go for it and get started. With Simple Sales School, I poured my heart and my soul into creating this thing and making it the absolute best that it could be. And now that it is out there, I can see ways that I want to improve it and I can see exactly how I want this course to evolve. And I never would have the vision that I have for it now if I hadn't just put the first version out there and stopped getting in my own way. Sometimes I think we can try and uh, make something so, so perfect that that just stops us from creating. And that's a real shame because I think that whatever it is that you feel passionate about creating, there are people out there who will really benefit from that, but only if you choose to 
go for it and to make it available to them. So more wins. I feel a lot more close to nature. I really immersed myself in nature. I travelled around the UK a lot and fell more in love with this country, with England, than I ever have been before. I used to be a person who would always travel to other countries to escape this one, and now I love this country, so much so that even now we're allowed to travel abroad, I still haven't gone abroad. I've been totally okay with travelling around the UK. I have done a lot of wild swimming as much as I possibly could, and I loved it. I have gone skinny dipping for the first time. I foraged a lot. I picked flowers, and I just really took my time to watch nature and notice nature, and it has been so healing for me. And because of how much I see nature helps me and helps everyone else, I've also started to develop more value about or towards being more sustainable and living a less wasteful life. That has started to become more important to me this year. And so I've been doing small changes like buying secondhand clothes and not buying into fast fashion because that is so problematic for the environment. And just doing other small changes too, like I no longer buy meat to uh, to cook at home. I still eat meat when I go to restaurants sometimes or order in, but I decided that I could cut down on my meat by simply not buying it and cooking it at home. And I've made other changes too, and will continue to do that in the new year as well. I'm sure by now that if you're an avid listener of this podcast, you know that I'm a Christian. And when I've brought this point up in conversation to other Christian friends, they do tend to say to me, you know, you don't need to really worry about things like that because God has got it under control. There's no way that he would, um, we know there's no way he'll let this, this earth go to ruin. And I do believe that. I don't believe that God or whatever you want to call it. I know there are many of you who call it the universe or something else. Um, I do believe that. But I, the reason that I am starting to take my wastefulness and sustainability more seriously is more because of feeling uncomfortable with my own attitude towards this problem. And it's an attitude that a lot of us on this planet share. And I kind of try to put it like this. When I'm having this conversation with friends, I put it this way. If your parents gave you a beautiful home to live in, it's absolutely stunning. It's on acres of gorgeous land. It's already decorated. It's totally beautiful. And then you don't really look after that home. And when asked why, you simply say, well, I mean, it's okay because even if this does go to ruin, my parents will just get me a new one. To me, that attitude started to feel really ungrateful. Or I shouldn't say started to feel because I've never really had that attitude consciously. But I started to realise that, wow, if that is my attitude, then I'm not okay with that. So, So yeah, so I've been trying to work on that. So those are my wins for 2021. 
I'm going to move on now to my plans and goals for 2022. And for you, I would encourage you to look back on what you have written about for your wins and your challenges for this year and use those to then ask yourself, what was I disappointed about this year that I can change next year? What was I jealous of or who was I jealous of this year and how can I use that What was I jealous of or who was I jealous of this year? And can I use that to create some goals for next year? Be careful with that one a little bit because sometimes we can be jealous over something simply because society is telling us that we should want that too or have that too. And other times we're jealous of something because it truly matters to us. So make sure that you can make that distinction before you use whatever you feel jealous about today or this year to make plans and set goals for 2022. But I do think that when you do make that distinction, you can use that question really well to uncover what matters to you and use that to set new goals. So for me, my plans and goals for 2022, first and foremost, it's to make the same amount of money as last year plus inflation and simply enjoy my business. I know that this is going to be maybe a bit of a controversial goal because in this world, I feel growth, growth, growth is what everybody is always chasing in their business and nothing ever seems to be enough. It often feels like if we are not on a constant upward trajectory, then we're doing something wrong. But for me, I am happy with the income level that I have reached for now. I'm not saying that in the future I won't want to make more money, but for now I'm so happy with enough, with what I have. And if I can sustain that, I would be over the moon with that, to be totally honest, because there are just other areas of my life that I want to focus on more than income. My next goal is to buy and hopefully live aboard a narrow boat. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know, you'll have seen me on my Instagram stories, looking at narrow boats and moorings, because I love narrow boats and tiny homes. And if I could you know, do this next year, this would be such a lovely adventure for me to go on and so exciting. Whether I will or not, you'll just have to see. But um, yeah, that's that's going on my, on my vision board for sure. Another goal of mine is to travel more. I do want to go abroad now. It'll be my first time in two and a half years, but I also want to continue traveling around the UK as well, because there's so much more that I haven't seen. I want to make ERP, which is the treatment for OCD. I want to make that my daily way of life. It's really difficult, but I can already see the benefits. And I just know that by making ERP my daily way of life, come this time next year, my OCD may be in a completely different place to where it is or has been so far in my life. That's probably my biggest goal for 2022, to be honest. 
And some other goals of mine, some quite fun ones. I want to start vlogging, hopefully, even if it's not regularly vlogging, maybe once a month or once a season, I would love to try and vlog just purely and simply because I enjoy video. I enjoy creating videos and I want to start investing. I know nothing about it really, but I am eager to learn and it seems like fun to me. And I also want to try and write a book. The great thing about a couple of those goals, like vlogging and writing a book, is that even if nobody else sees them, I still want to try and do them, just purely because they are great creative outlets for me and I enjoy them. And I think that, you know, that's a good enough reason to do something, is just because you enjoy it. Will I do all of these goals in 2022? Probably not, but I will definitely do some. And I'm intrigued to see which of those I have done by the end of this time next year. So moving on to the last part of this episode, which is the biggest lessons that I learned this year. And for you, when you are reviewing your year, go ahead and write in your journal, what are the top three lessons I've learned this year? For me, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that certainty does not exist and it is not a healthy way to measure the rightness of something. I have measured the rightness of things by certainty for so long and it's led me to do things like end a good relationship and regret it for years after. It's led me to stop making big decisions because I wasn't sure they were the right decisions or to not make changes to my business because I wasn't certain that I may not change my mind. The second biggest lesson I've learned is that I can't help the thoughts that pop up, but I can help the thoughts I conjure up. And I am talking about rumination, about ruminating on a topic over and over again. I do this out of habit, but I'm realizing now that this never has served me and never will serve me. And that even though it can feel automatic to go down this rabbit hole of thinking about and dwelling on something for a long time, it's not healthy and it doesn't serve me. And so I started to realize I can change that. You know, I, I can't help the thought that pops up, but I can stop myself from conjuring up more thoughts based on that one that popped up. And I can prevent having that kind of response to that. So that's been, that's been really helpful to me because instead of ruminating on topics that make me feel bad, I have been able to simply say to myself, you know, I I feel like this is difficult at the moment and that's okay. Or, you know, I'm feeling anxious at the moment about this because blah, blah, blah. And just affirming how I feel and why that thought is popping up or telling myself, I am not going to think about this today. I've got XYZ to do instead. So that has been a big lesson for me. And the third biggest lesson would be that I sort of have relearned to forgive myself for doing what I did when I didn't know any better. 
I think it is easy to beat ourselves up over decisions that we've made in our business or in our lives in the past. But whenever we make decisions, even if they turn out to perhaps be decisions we regret, we are only doing the best that we could with the information we had at that time. And there has to come a point where we stop beating ourselves up for those decisions and simply recognize that and give ourselves self-compassion. So that is it for this episode. I really hope that you've hopefully learned something from my lessons, challenges and wins and that the prompts in this episode will help you to create your own 2021 review. I would love to hear your biggest lessons from the year. So if you do feel like you want to share with someone, go ahead and DM me at Nisha Willery on Instagram and share them with me. I will see you guys in the next episode. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss future episodes. And if you're feeling extra motivated by what was discussed today, I would seriously appreciate it if you'd open up the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave a super quick review. Honestly, your reviews tell iTunes that this podcast is worth listening to and iTunes then gets this show in front of more solopreneurs so they can get the help they need to bring more inner calm to their business. Okay, that's it from me today. Thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon.